Hello and welcome to this Grace Baptist Mission Media podcast. You're going to hear Serving Today, a program for pastors and church leaders. If you're involved in discipling others or perhaps you teach the Bible one-to-one or in a small group, Serving Today will be relevant for a wide range of believers. Welcome to Serving Today, the program for those leading in the Church of Christ. I'm Andrew Cook. It's lovely to be with you once again. In the Christian Basics series, more on the Holy Spirit's work in the believer. Here on Serving Today, we're going to consider some questions about the Holy Spirit that have arisen because of a renewed interest in his person and work in recent years. This has led people to two opposite reactions. There are those who've gone to excess and have, sadly, twisted the teaching of the Bible to make it mean something quite different from what it actually teaches. And on the other hand, there have been those who've reacted to those excesses and have almost ignored his person and work, which is equally wrong. We can add to that as well the considerable misunderstanding in the hearts and minds of many genuine believers who desire to believe only what the Bible teaches. Well, we're going to consider some of these questions with the help of Dr John Hall again. Derek French spoke with John for us, and the first question he asked him, which is a fundamental and a very important one, and it's this. Can you be a Christian and not have the Holy Spirit? The answer, quite simply, is no. But just let's go back a little bit. I agree with you, Derek. It's very, very important not to neglect the work of the Holy Spirit. His person and work are lovely essential as we've already seen and so to be a Christian means you must be born again and united to Christ and we've seen that in both those things the Holy Spirit is active. He has to work them within us, the new birth and the union and he also indwells all true Christians. You can't be a true Christian without the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. So let's start out with a Bible text which shows that, and Derek's going to read to us from Romans 8, 8 and 9. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. As we've seen before, Derek, the Spirit, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ are all used interchangeably, referring to the Holy Spirit. And so if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. To be a Christian, you must accept the Lord Jesus Christ, both as your Saviour from sin and the Lord of your life, that is, you follow him. And so it says in 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 3, No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit, which is what you'd expect. As truly to trust and follow Christ, you must be born again. And this is the work of the Holy Spirit, as the Apostle John makes clear in John 3, verses 5 and 6, which Derek is going to read to us again. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the Spirit. The flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. So, having the Spirit of God both work in you and unite you to Christ is essential if you are to be a Christian. So you cannot be a Christian without having the Holy Spirit working in you and dwelling within you. Thank you, John, for that, because 
you know, there is confusion on this issue, isn't there? Mm. And I've, I've actually yes. heard people say, you know, uh, to, to a Christian, well, you, you don't have the spirit yet. Well, mm. they do. They do indeed if they are a Christian. Yes. They're pointing to the wrong experience when they say that. John, my next question is linked really with the first one, and it's this. Does the Spirit of God live within Christians? Yes, he does. He unites them to Christ. He seals them, showing that they belong to God and secures for them and within them what God has promised to them. And we're going to read now from 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 16. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you? John, in, in that verse that I've just read, the verse uses the plural when it speaks of you, you yourselves are God's mm. temple, and the singular when it speaks of the temple. And most take that to mean that the spirit indwells the church of Christ corporately. Is that right? Some see this as God's spirit indwelling the church corporately. Yes, Derek. And yet to indwell the church corporately, the Holy Spirit doesn't indwell a building or an organisation. The church is made up of individuals gathered together as true believers in Christ. And so to indwell the church corporately, he must indwell the individual believer. One commentator, Hodge, writes this. This indwelling of the Spirit constitutes each believer, every separate church, and the church collectively. In other words, he indwells them all, and that's why the you is used and the believer is the temple of God, each separate church is the temple of God and the church collectively is the temple of God. Mm. However, if you return to 1 Corinthians 6, 18 to 20, this passage clearly is referring to the individual believer and it says that the Holy Spirit lives in them. Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a man commits are outside his body. But he who sins sexually sins against his own body. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore honour God with your body. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you. So that shows quite clearly that the Holy Spirit lives in all believers. And it's important here to see why the Holy Spirit lives in the Christian. The Apostle Paul reminds them that they, as Christians themselves, are the temple of the Holy Spirit, the, the place where the Holy Spirit lives. And if God lives in us via his Spirit, it's important that we live lives which please God, which are holy. And so he gives the illustration that to be sexually immoral as a Christian means you take the Holy Spirit with you into that act of sin as he lives within you. And because God lives in us by his spirit, it's important we live in a way which honours God and so seek to avoid such sin. Yes, I mean, it struck me that as we looked at those verses, we have both wonderful privilege. The spirit actually lives in our hearts and in our bodies. And yet mm. that brings with a great responsibility, doesn't it, to live in a way that honours the Lord. It does indeed, Derek. And it's very practical because you think if you're conscious of that, and you're thinking about sin, you can think, well, would I want God to see me here, to be with me here? And when you begin to think like that, then it helps you avoid sin. Mm, yeah.
John, we saw earlier how Jesus himself taught that it was essential for someone to be born again if they were to enter his kingdom. And a question that arises out of that, and which many people wrestle with in their own hearts, is this. How can you tell if the Holy Spirit has produced the new birth in us? And perhaps could I add to that this this comment that there are many sensitive souls who perhaps feel their weakness and sinfulness greatly, and as a result are often filled with anxiety over this, wondering if they are the Lord's at all. So could you say something about that as well in, in your answer? Yes, this is most important, that you're able to tell that the Holy Spirit is with you. And you're able to tell that the Holy Spirit is with you by the fact that you see his work in your life. Now, you may say, well, how can I see his work in my life? If you've listened to the previous programs, you'll perhaps be able to already answer that question. You'll see some evidence of the new birth. You'll see some fruit of love and joy. But let's now turn to John 3, verses 1 to 15. We've looked at this many times before in these programs. You remember that Nicodemus was a a religious man, a teacher, one of the top Jewish leaders. And Jesus obviously made it clear that his religion wasn't enough. He needed to be born again in order to see or enter the kingdom of God. And you remember that this being born again was the sovereign work of the Holy Spirit, who, like a wind, works wherever he pleases. And Jesus uses this illustration to help Nicodemus. He says about the wind, you hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. Now, you can't see the wind, can you? Look out the window. Can you see the wind? Is it windy as you look out of your window? You can know if it's windy because you can perhaps feel it whistling through the wood slats of your house. Or you can see its effects. Perhaps the coconut trees are bending over. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Nicodemus didn't understand, but it's important that you and I do. And because Nicodemus didn't understand, Jesus was gracious to him and gave him an illustration from the Old Testament in verses 14 and 15 that he would have been very, very familiar with. What was that, John? He says, Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him, may have eternal life. You, perhaps, if you're familiar with your Bible, know that he's describing an incident referred to in Numbers 21. The people, as usual, had spoken against God's dealing with them. They particularly complained against the food that God had given them. So the Lord sent snakes which bit the people, and they died. And Moses, at the people's request, prayed for them. And the Lord told Moses to make a snake and put it on a pole, that anyone who was bitten could look at it and live. Now those who trusted God's promise and looked to the snake, however foolish that seemed, lived. So Jesus says, in the same way that he himself will be lifted up on the cross, and that those who believe in him will have eternal life. Only those in whom the Holy Spirit has worked will look to this Lord Jesus, look to his cross work and believe and live. So if you've followed the reasoning so far, if you've looked to Christ, if you've trusted in Christ alone to save you, the Holy Spirit lives in you. Now we come on in this uh, chapter in John to that lovely verse, which greatly encourages, which Derek's going to read to us from John 3 and verse 16. Yes, I think it's probably the most well-known verse in the Bible, isn't it, John? It is indeed. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That's a lovely invitation, listener. You may say, well, I'm still not sure. Have I really trusted? Have I not? Am I truly a believer? Am I not? Well, you don't need to examine the past. What you can do is take that verse and come to Christ now. You may not be sure whether you've really done that in the past or not, but it doesn't matter, does it? Because if you come now and rest on him alone now, you can be sure the Holy Spirit's worked in you. You can be sure that you're a Christian. You can be sure that your sins are forgiven. You can be sure that you will not perish, but have eternal life because God has promised it. Because Jesus was lifted up on the cross, he saves everyone who comes to him. And you can only come to him through the work of the Holy Spirit. But if you come now, the Holy Spirit has worked in you and enabling you to do that. And so if you want to be a Christian or you want to be sure that you are a Christian, then this is the time to look to Christ, to believe in him, to trust in him. Or as Jesus says later on in John 6 and verse 40, my father's will is that everyone who looks to the son and believes in him shall have eternal life and I will raise him up at the last day. Well, that's all we have time for here on Serving Today. This is Andrew Cook saying goodbye. May the Lord bless you. Well, thanks for listening to Serving Today, a podcast from the Grace Baptist Mission radio team. To get in touch with us, you can now send us a message via WhatsApp. The number is plus four four seven five zero eight nine three two five. That's plus four four seven five zero eight nine three two five three four. Until next time, goodbye.